We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. We're going to talk about when devotion goes wrong. I hope y'all heard the words of that song. It said, if God took me away today, I hope I did what I could to honor you. They go on to say, I do anything for you. One means us too. So she's not just singing about any man. She's singing about the one she's married to. So we're going to talk about now, now that when I hear this song, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm like, I can't think of nobody that I do anything for except God. So for me, it just conjures up God. And then I even question if I'll do anything for him. It's easy to say that. But when life started happening, he done told you rejoice at all times. That's all he asked for. You start complaining. You have to ask yourself, will I do anything for him? When people are acting up and he tells you to bring the peace, blessed are the peacemakers, and you don't make the peace, you join the chaos, you have to ask yourself, will I really do anything for him? Good question. So we're going to talk about when devotion goes wrong. Because we can understand a devotion to God, and we can understand even the devotion to the spouse. Maybe Sister Hagen and, and Brother Turk conjured up memories about their spouses. Maybe even Sister Wanda did when they started talking about I do anything. I don't know, but I know that they are married up in here. I don't know if anybody else is, but I know that they are. So maybe the song meant something different for them than it meant for me. But I'm going to tell you, I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs, and I cannot think of anybody that I have ever dated, that I would say, I'd do any, anything for you. That's a whole nother something that I don't understand, so I have to turn that phrase to the Father, right? We're going to get into this, though. John 13, 34 through 35, if you will stand for the reading of the word with me. And I am reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. And the word of God in John 13, 34, and 35 sounds like this. It says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, doers, and sharers of his word. You may be seated this morning. I want to stress that the word of God says that the love that you have for one another will prove that you are my disciples. And I am going to talk about something up here, and I'm not going to even try to give you all the details because I cannot. There is not enough time in this day, not just in the church time, but in this day for me to tell you all the details. So I'm not going to tell you all the details, but what I am going to tell you is something about the history of the church. And I'm not just going to talk about the good side. We all know about the good side, but what we rarely talk about in the, in, in the body of Christ is the dark side of Christianity, right? The dark side of Christianity. The dark side of Christianity is really what happens when devotion goes wrong. And in case we, I want all us to work with the same definition of devotion this morning. And devotion means love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, 
an activity or a cause. It means love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or a cause. And that's what we're going to use for the word devotion this morning. So I want you to bring to mind all the things that people can be devoted to. And some of it is good, right? You have people that are devoted to what we call good, good causes. They may volunteer at Habitat for Humanity and go help to build houses, or they may volunteer at the food pantry, or they may do all of these things that we call good, and there's a devotion. They look forward to getting up on Saturday morning to drive for meals on wheels and all those kinds of things, and that's a good thing. Then you have people that are devoted uh, uh, in marriage, like the song was talking about. They're devoted to their spouses. You couldn't do anything to make them look the other way, look at somebody else, even think uh, uh, lustfully long about somebody else. You can't. It's nothing that you could do to drive a wedge in between them, some people are devoted like that. Those are the good things, being devoted to the true God. And we're going to get to what I mean by the true God as we move on through this service. And then you have people who are have unhealthy devotions, right? Ha you have people who are devoted to drugs. They wake up in the morning, and the first thing that they want to do is go get the next high. You have people who are devoted to boyfriends, people that they have not married, girlfriends, and you see it in the news all the time, and then when somebody wants to walk away, the other person is so unhealthily devoted that they go and they do things to try to take the, the person's life. You see this all of the time. Amen. So there are both healthy and unhealthy devotions. And we have people in the body of Christ. And I want you to hear me and listen closely to what I am saying this morning. We have people in the body of Christ who are not necessarily devoted to Christ, but they are devoted to what we call Christianity. They are devoted to their church, but they are not necessarily devoted to Christ. But the things are so closely married until sometimes we have a hard time understanding who is and who is not devoted to Christ. And I'm saying to you in 2023, it is important for you to understand the distinction, to be able to tell the difference between those who are devoted to this label called Christianity and those who are devoted to Christ. In the word of God in John 13, 34, and 35, he says the way that you are going to know, the way that you prove that you are my disciples is by the love that you have one for another. That's what he said. In these days, and it's not just these days. That's why I'm going to talk a little bit about the dark history of Christianity. If you guys are in it, you need to study it, right? But I, I read about it and I study about it. And the truth of the matter is, and you won't hear this from most pulpits in the Christian church, the truth of the matter is the church has been bad. The church has been bad. Yes, we have done some great things, and yes, we have had some great movements, and yes, we have brought people into this um, discipline, this movement. I'm going to call it a movement. 
We've brought people into this movement. And yes, we've advanced the work. But there's a dark side. And I don't know how much you all know about a movement called the Crusaders, but it was the church. It was the Jesus folks that was running around killing Muslims. Now, I know in the United States, we tell the narrative that just the Muslims always trying to kill us. But when you read in the history of the church, you will see periods of time where people were so devoted wrongly to the label of Christianity that they were killing people who were not Christian. They call themselves taking a preemptive strike so that Islam wouldn't <laughs> advance. That's part of the church history, right? Part of the church history is that there were Christians that could have rose up against Hitler but did not. They made the ground fertile for Hitler because their devotion to this thing called Christianity was unhealthy. And so instead of saying, Jesus Christ said the way that people are going to know that I am his disciples is by the love. And so whether they are Jew or black or white or orange or yellow or green or purple, it is mine to stand for the love of Jesus Christ. In the United States of America, it was the church that was supporting slavery, the enslavement of other human beings based upon the color of their skin. It was the church. You had Christians beating other people, and the same verses that they were using to say you're supposed to respect me is the same one that said you're supposed to love them but that's what happens when we don't read the word fully. And so in the church, we have done some dark things in the name of Christianity, and we can bring it to 2023. It's the Christian folks that's trying to convince us <laughs> that January 6th was okay. Those were just patriots, that it's okay to rise up against uh, 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 the government and fight and kill. Police officers lost their lives that day. And it's the self-professed Christians that's going around saying it's okay. They were just patriots. It's the self-proclaimed Christians that are bombing abortion clinics because we don't believe in abortions. It's the self-proclaimed Christians that are doing this. It's the self-proclaimed Christians in government that are making laws to oppress and suppress transgender and gay and bisexual people because we don't believe that in Christianity. But I want to say to you this morning that the moment the Father God decided that you would live with the responsibility of your choices, 
that you would live with the consequences of your choices is the same time that he gave you the right to make the choice. And so while I may not believe in abortion, when I got pregnant and it was time for me to have my daughter, I had my daughter. So what I do with my life demonstrates my belief, but I do not have a right to go and bomb an abortion clinic and kill people because I don't agree with your decision. Now, I, 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 in Faith Temple, we didn't said it before, Faith Temple has to be a hospital. And, and, and I know that we take for granted that churches with their doors open in the name of Jesus Christ is a hospital for everybody, but they are not. They are not. You better not come in and be transgender. You better not come in and be gay. In the old days, you better not come in and even be pregnant. Y'all know. Y'all you, you, know. Y'all know I'm not lying. You better not. We try to clean up people when it is our job to love one another so that people will want to know Jesus Christ. And so if you are one of those churches, if you are one of those people where you think you have a right to deny other people their right and even kill them because they don't believe like you do, you are not a Christ disciple. You are more devoted to the label of Christianity than you are to the man Jesus Christ. If you are one of those people that your whole motivation is to be a semi-celebrity. God didn't call the ministers in the body of Christ to be no celebrity. He called us to spread the word of Jesus Christ. He called us to love. He called us to go in the highways and the byways and to compel men to come to Christ. But see, we have it so mixed up that we think God's only blessing is in the form of money and manna. And so then we'll do anything. We just like the world. We'll do anything to have the next thing. And you already know. You already know. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. You already know once you get accustomed to that thing, you ain't going to want it no more. That's how we end up with stuff in storage. That's how we end up with stuff bagged up on our front porches for these organizations to come pick up because the stuff in the bag was once something we thought we had to have. And then we fell out of love with it. Because it's the next thing came up and the next thing came up and the next thing came up. And some of us can't even walk through our house because we got all this stuff. And now we irritated by the stuff. And we don't have time to clean up the stuff. It's unhealthy devotion. It's unhealthy devotion. And meanwhile, you have people who don't have enough to wear. Who don't have enough to eat. And it's sitting up at your house. Because you're greedy. Because your love hasn't gotten big enough. I, I, I know I'm stepping on some toes this morning, but it's all right.
It's all right. We're going to do better. We're going to do better. Why? Because the, 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 the confession of faith said after I've heard and done some stuff, some reasons, some reasons we're not better because we ain't never heard it. We ain't never made the connection that this stuff that's irritating me is a blessing for somebody else. And I believe somebody going to hear that it's going to connect somewhere and they're going to go home and get rid of the stuff that's irritating them so it could be a blessing to somebody else because that's how we get better. That's what we say every Sunday when I hear it. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to get better. But I, I, I come to you this morning. I'm not going to even be up to you long, but it is important. It is important in 2023 for you to understand who is and who is not a Christ disciple. I don't care what they call themselves. I don't care what they call themselves. It is important for you to know what Jesus said about who are my disciples. Amen? And y'all saw it. You read it. We stood up. We looked at it. We read it together. And the word of God says when you, you, you love other people, you prove. Now, how much love is in some, some, some situation where you bombing an abortion clinic? And as a people, people, people might look, I'm going to be tra tra transparent right now. People might look at me now and they say, oh, Dr. Brown. But when I got pregnant with Brittany, I don't even know if people connect this up. When I got pregnant with Brittany, <laughs> I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a husband. And I was growing up during those times where people didn't embrace single folks that was coming home pregnant. They, they didn't do it. It, it. it wasn't like today where whether you married or whether you're not, you're getting a gender reveal part and everybody. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. And then there was this extra pressure because I had actually gone to college and my elders had put their hopes on my shoulders. And so when I came home from college with a baby in the oven and not a degree, people were upset. So I had to deal with all of that. And so, and so, and so while I stand before you today, Dr. Brown, it wasn't, it wasn't that way always. And during that time when I was pregnant, I was scared. I never wanted to be pregnant. I was scared, didn't want to come home, didn't know what to do. And I contemplated having an abortion. I contemplated having one because I couldn't see my way. Now, the last thing, the last thing that a young girl who is pregnant, no job, no education, not no husband, confused, beating up her own self, the last thing she needs to see is the Christian standing out with a sign that says God hates murderers. That's the last thing. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm standing there, I'm like, I already hate myself. God hates me too. That's not God. The God we serve would have loved on me that day. And whether I decided to have an abortion or not, 
he wouldn't have loved me any more or any less. That's the truth that we need to tell people. We don't need to tell people who are, do you really think? And then the moms. My heart goes out to the moms who have had the gender reveal, who have had the baby shower, and they get to the last, they done done the room, they done bought the crib, they done made it, put it together, they done painted the room, and they get to the last trimester. And they find out that something is wrong. And they will more than likely deliver a dead baby. And people standing there telling them God hates murderers. She didn't want to have an abortion. If she wanted to have an abortion, she wouldn't have waited until the last trimester. She wouldn't have painted the nursery. She wouldn't have bought the baby bed. But we are so ignorant and so hateful that all we say is God hates murderers. The woman is already down. And we have gotten so hateful. And we have rallied so around this can't have abortions that we are pushing these women who were hoping and praying for a baby hoping and praying that a baby come here healthy. We have, we have invested, the Christians have invested so much in this that women are going to delivery rooms knowing that their baby is not alive, knowing that the head is missing, knowing these things, and we as Christians have become so committed to the label of Christianity that we forgot about Christ. Because somehow in our minds, we think if we do the right thing as we define the right thing, and not only that, if we force it off on everybody else, God is giving us some kind of favor. But the Father God in heaven, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him will have. That's what the word says. Everlasting life. So I know you like to think that you're better than somebody who didn't have an abortion. I know you like to think that you're better than somebody who never used drugs. I know that you think you better than somebody who's never been to the penitentiary. I know that you think you better than somebody who's never had a divorce, never got pregnant out of wedlock, never uh, had sex without benefit of marriage. I know we like to think we better than a whole bunch of people and that God gives us favor for those things. But the word of God says your righteousness, yours, yours, is as filthy rag. Because he is the holy God. So, so who are you? Who are you to not welcome the prostitute? 
Who are you to not welcome the drug addict? Who are you? And I'm not talking about welcoming them, beat them up because they still smoking crack and they've been sitting on the bench for a week. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about welcoming them day after day and week after week and year after year until God delivers them. Because sometimes we like to look at the behavior and we never question what got them there in the first place. But God ain't like us. So God is healing on the inside. And we caught up on the fact that the dress ain't on the floor yet. God is healing the reason the dress is at the butt. And you worried about the dress being too short. I know I'm messing with some of y'all this morning. Because, because we get caught up on the wrong thing. Let God do the work. Be the type of person that allows God to do the work on you where you could be patient with somebody else's journey. But see, we're, we're, more, we're more committed to this thing called Christianity than we are to Christ. Because if you were more devoted to Christ than Christianity, a prostitute wouldn't, wouldn't bother you. Because Jesus went to the well with the woman that had a whole bunch of men. And I am still in awe of that, that, that occurrence. When Jesus met that woman at the well and he told her, go get your husband. And she said, <laughs> she done had so many, she got confused about who he was talking about. Which man ever, she ain't know to call nobody her husband no more. She had had so many men. And I don't know the circumstances that drove her there. But I do know when that interaction was over. The Bible says the woman went to the town square and told all the people. Come and meet a man who told me she didn't say he knew that I had a bunch of husbands. She said, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. She wasn't no different than you or me. So some of that stuff was good. And some of that stuff was messed up that he was telling her. But he, she left excited. She left feeling validated. She left feeling loved. So I'm not telling you that God can't clean people up and that you are to accept the sins that are in people. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that's God's business. That's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you if Jesus came and he laid down his life for all of us, then he knows the prescription for you. Just like you go to the doctor and some of us might go for blood pressure, have the same condition, but the doctors give you different medicines because you're different people. So God knows the prescription. He has the right medicine for you. And because, here's where we mess up, because it didn't roll out that like that in my life. You know, we love to make ourselves the standard. I wouldn't do that. I would never say that. You're not the standard, though. And because somebody else is different than you, you, with your dirty self, have the nerve to label them bad. 
you with your messed up self have the nerve to label somebody else messed up. Now, you know what? That's messed up. Y'all know that's messed up. That's messed up. I'm going to read you a couple more scriptures, then I'm going to sit down in Mark 12 and, and, and 30. I'm going to read 29 through 31. Mark 12, 29 through 31. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So I want you to read that one. I want you to remember the other one. So you have people who still say the way you prove you got the Holy Spirit is by speaking in tongues. You got people who still think that the way you dress, and the Bible does talk about dressing in moderation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when I grew up, it was up to here, down to here, and down there. I'm talking about that. You still have people like that who think that's the way that you prove you love Jesus. But what does the word say? The words say the way you prove that you are my disciples is by what? Love. The love that you not have in your heart, not the feelings, but the love that you show. The love that you show. And sometimes we look at all kinds of, that's how y'all end up, and I'm just going to be honest with you. That's how you end up, maybe not in this church, but other churches, paying people for the gospel. That's why you end up sending money to the TV for people you don't even know to get a cloth and some water and some so you could get your healing. That's why get the holy water. That's why you do it because you don't understand. You don't understand. Your devotion has gone awry. I could tell you about how we ended up with all these, you know, all following the same rules. That's why some people know the Ten Commandments and don't know about love because they lost their way. That's why you have people talking about the New Testament church and the Old Testament church. The Bible, I know y'all don't want to hear this, but this is the truth. Christianity didn't start to the New Testament. The Old Testament is Judaism. Now, we can learn from that, but if you're going to try to bring that forward to show whether or not you're saved, you're on the wrong, you're devoted to the wrong thing. I know y'all don't like that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. The church didn't start till Jesus started, so it's the truth. The Old Testament was before Jesus came into this earth. It's the truth. So if you're going to tell me I'm going to hell because I don't pay tithes, I'm going down all of it today. Then I'm going because we got on mixed clothes. If you're going to tell a homosexual he going, he need to be burned because he ain't supposed to be sleeping with each other, then we going because my clothes got mixed cotton and something else in it. All of that is in the Old Testament, but see, we don't want to tell that truth, right? We want to pick out the stuff that don't apply to us. But either you're going to do it all or you ain't going to do none of it. That's the word. And so I would suggest to you, that when you're trying to figure out how you're supposed to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you start with love. You start with love. And if you get that down right, guess what he said? That's how people going to know you're my disciple. I got one more scripture for y'all. 
Because I don't want y'all to think I'm making nothing up. Oh, I ain't making it up. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, the whole script, the whole chapter is good. But I want to go down to 15. I'm going to read 15 through 20, and then I'm going to sit down. I hope. <laughs> Matthew 7, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Why do you think the scripture told you to beware of them? Because they exist. They exist. They exist in 2023. But if you don't know how to discern who they are, you're going to get caught up too, right? You're going to get caught up with the fat, most fashionable thing. You're going to get caught up with the preachers that's trying to be celebrities. You're going to get caught up with the preachers that are reality TV shows. When did Jesus call us to that, to act a fool? on the TV show for the whole world to see when, when, but you got preachers and first ladies doing that. You got preachers on the internet cussing and carrying on and you got preachers that's sleeping around and everybody know it. Don't want to beware of false prophets, but because he hoops real well, or because she prophesies real well, y'all caught up too. But the word of God says, beware them. In verse 16, it says, you will know them by their fruit, not by their gifts. Y'all get it confused. Gifts come from God. Fruit is what you do, what you plant, how you live, how you move through this earth, how you take the word and apply it to your life and live. You will know them by their fruits. And I'm going to make a distinction right here because it didn't say fruit like fruit of the Holy Spirit. It said fruits, the things that you do tell everybody who you are. Then it says, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, neither can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not by their gifts. Because there are people with gifts that are necessary for you to be saved, for you to be whole, for you to come to Christ. But there are people who are anointed and appointed, and they are still carnal. That's why Paul said, in the word of God, I beat my flesh daily because I don't want you to gain by what I'm saying and doing and laying on hands and healing and then I myself be a castaway. So I don't want you to get caught up, Faith Temple, with people because of their gifts. I don't want you to get caught up with people because of their money. 
I don't want you to get caught up with people because they speak in tongues or they look a certain way. The word of God says, look at their fruit. And then people in this day and age will say, you not the judge of me. Well, yeah, in fact, I am. I can. That's another lie that people use to try to stop you from saying, huh. But in this same chapter, it says, judge not lest you be judged. And you go on and it says, for with the same measure you use to judge, that's the one that will be used to judge you. Now, see, that's where we go wrong. Because we understand that I might not be able to sleep around, but I don't understand it when you do it. But when it's been five years and my flesh get weak and I do it, then I understand all of a sudden how people sleep around. The Bible say don't do that. If you know you ain't uh, uh, got that thing under control in your own flesh, then don't walk over to somebody else judging that same thing as somebody else. That's what that scripture means. But the Bible done already told you you're going to know them by their fruit, so you got to look at the fruit. The Bible just saying, don't be hypocritical. If you know that you were strung out on crack and now somebody else is and you're going to be their judge, huh? Where the same grace and mercy you wanted when it was you? That's what the Bible saying, don't do that. And fat people got it bad. Oh, my God. Fat people got it bad. They lose 100 pounds and then they don't understand why the rest of us fat. We fat the same reason you were. Don't do that. That's what, that's, what, that's what this judge mean. I'm fat because I ain't just like you did. So if, if you've if you, if you been in a situation, you ought to understand the situation. Don't walk away and judge somebody because now you are delivered. That's what this scripture is saying. But the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. And guys, I'm taking the time to tell you I can't go into all the dark history of the church, but there are some dark spots in Christian history, even the way that we are organized right now. Some dark spots in Christian history that goes back a long way to people trying to have power and control and political influence. It ain't new. So when you see that mess going on now, I don't care how much they get in front of the camera and they rail against stuff that you don't like and that God is an, cause an abomination and all that, all that can still be true. And you can still deliver that message in love. And if you cannot do it, then your devotion to this thing that we call Christianity has gone wrong. Your devotion to this thing that we call Christianity is unhealthy because at the foundation of Christianity is love. And the Bible says, Jesus said out of his own mouth, the only way that people will know that you are my disciples is what? The love that you have one for another. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus. Jesus.